strives to bring the church world and the art world closer together. My name is Matt Anderson. So glad you can join us today. Today's episode is actually part two of a conversation that I recently had with filmmaker Travis Pollard. He started the Cleveland Film Company here in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, they endeavor to bring powerful stories to life in various forms. In part two of this interview, Travis will show us, I think, a great example of what it is to be grace in action as a leader, among many other uh, things that he has learned along the way in his art and in his walk with Christ. Here now is part two of my conversation with Travis Pollard. But I think think your life makes the difference. Um, I know that, that the people who work for you uh, love working for you. And to me, that should be the number one testimony of any Christian business person, <laughs> that the people who work for them should love working for them. And uh, to me, that, that says a whole bunch. I, you know, I, I, I think those of us who live in the church world, um, when someone who's maybe one of our kids or someone that we know decides I'm going to go to Hollywood, I'm going to be an actor or an actress, or I'm going to go to Broadway, or I'm going to, I'm going to write for a television show, or I'm going to be a filmmaker. I think it scares a lot of Christians because they're, they're automatically assuming, boy, here comes the backslide. You know, here comes, I'm sure it won't be long before we hear, you know, about, oh, I don't believe in God anymore. Um, so I think what's so great about your story is that you living this out day by day has deepened that relationship with Christ. It, it has done the absolute opposite of what people would assume. And um, I, I just think that's a credit to you, but I hope that allows people within the church world, because a lot of artists just are going to have to do it in that world. They're The church just so rarely can accommodate um, all of those things artistically, especially in our our world today. Um, But I hope it it lets them know that this doesn't have to be a predetermined ending, that you can gain, and and the longer you've done it, you've remained who you are. And I think the people around you, I think there's a lot of nickels in the jar, I'll put it that way, that now allows you a platform. And... I think also opens the door for people to say, hey, Travis, so I don't know, how do you do like that religious stuff? You know, <laughs> and, and I, I think it has given you a platform to be able to share that in other, other people's lives. I appreciate that. I think um, I, I'm, I am really proud of the, chemi- the chemistry our small company has and, um, and 
I will say, like, <laughs> as far as the, the the staff, it's like, man, it's like we're we're so. I don't know if we'll ever be where I want to be as far as honoring them in all the ways that I possibly could. Mm. Um, and, and I'd like, that's a burden, like, is a, is that, you know, it's sort of that thing that comes with this provider, right? Like that we, we all wear different hats and it's a, it's a, you know, both as a husband and a father and like a provider of my family, but also as a provider for my business. I'm like, that's a, that's a burden that I'm always aware of. And I, and the Lord helps me with that. But, um, but I also, I think it, I will say it's like, um, I think that over the years, um, having genuine and authentic relationships um, and having, and as, you know, things happen, I get, uh, like, there are moments where it's like, you know, man, I, I, I'll tell you, it's like, we've been, we've been, you know, with my team and we've had some hard moments, um, very hard moments. And um, I'll never forget, uh, I don't go into details, but basically it's like, yeah, there was, there was a, a kind of a, an important shoot. And, um, and one of my guys, he went out and said, like, you know, ace, ace filmmaker, like so much confidence, like, like absolutely fantastic. What he, what he does technically, it's like, he kind of, he kind of, he, he went out and he kind of made a mistake. Um, and he called me at the end of the shoot and he was like, Hey, I, I think there's a, I think there's something wrong here. And he, and I came in and I was like, okay, so we had this thing we had to deal with, you know? And it was like, and the look in his eye was like, I'm done. Mm. Like, like, like Travis, you're gonna fire me, and we just lost this client, and like, you know, like, and I just looked at him, and I, and I, and I like, and you know, and this comes from relationship, right? This doesn't come from agenda. This comes from like me being me and every and being guided by God, and him being where he was. I looked him in the eye and said, "I'll be honest with you. I don't think God brought us this far to fail, and even if even if we do." It's, it, it will be okay. And I don't know how, and I don't have to. And it's like, and the look in his eyes, as scared as he was in that moment, it's like to see, um, and I don't, you know, it's like, where does that come from? Like that, that can only the grace of the Lord can give me such words in that moment. Sure. And it's like, and in that moment, like to see, and I'll say it, it's like to see, and I don't want to make this about me, but like to see myself in his eyes in that moment is one of those stones that I've carried with me of like, wow, there is no, there's something more important here than just making a great product. Like it is, health is this, we talk about health and integrity. It's like, it is a, it's a much bigger, much more holistic, much more wraparound word. And it, and it comes in hard moments. But as many, you know, as, as moments we've also had with that, it's like, by being real and having authentic relationships, I'll, I'll be honest, is like, as somebody who's like a Christian and all, you know, and these things is like the, the team, like the team that I had, they challenged me along the way. And because, you know, it's like, because their experiences were different than mine. And, um, and some of those challenges have really made me recheck, check myself on how I, how I thought about things. And I have grown and I honestly, it's like my relationship with the Lord is better because of those challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I, and that's a really funny thing is just like, like, like this, it's a beautiful dichotomy of like, in Christ, he, Christ has done everything through the cross. And I ha, and, and as a Christian, I walk with that. Um, but then I also have, I have all of these different intersects of culture, right? And um, to be able to, to listen to somebody else's human experience and to grow from that is just that, that it, and specifically in the non-Christian sense of like, oh, wow, like that's, that's really interesting. And, you know, and I've been really challenged by some of that. It's a, I think it's a great leadership moment that you just talked about there, because when you're a leader, especially 
if you're a leader in Christ, whether it's of a business or of a ministry, you have moments where you feel like someone's life is in your hand. And it's usually when they're at their weakest and most vulnerable. Uh, you know, I remember times as a pastor when one of my students would sort of confess to um, just a real awful blunder that they made. And they, they were waiting for me to like lower the guillotine and, uh, and then, you know, hopefully <laughs> you respond in grace and, and you, you can just see on their face, just that look of, well, it's, it's almost like a, a very micro sort of a salvation thing. You know, that, that's really what salvation is when we, we recognize, wow, I have no leg to stand on and I'm a royal screw up and I can't fix this. And then the Lord shows up and says, good news, you don't have to. I already did the fixing. And so when we as you know Christian leaders display that same kind of, and it is grace, it really is grace, um, out of relationship, I, I think we have just preached the best sermon that, that we could ever preach. And how surprising, I think, for people, because wow, we live in a real graceless world. I mean, and we shouldn't be surprised because people without Christ are literally graceless. So um, when you live in, in that kind of an atmosphere and you're, you're just waiting for your first mistake to be fatal, um, how refreshing is it when you can do on a professional level what Jesus does on a personal level? Uh, I, I just think it's, it's incredibly powerful when, when you can do that. Um, I, I like to ask people this question sometimes, especially when they have started things. But let's say a teenager comes up to you, and maybe this has happened, and they say, you know what, I want to be a filmmaker, or I want to start my own company like you did. Um, how, do you, how do you respond to them? It's such a good question. It's, um, it's a hard one to answer, and um, for a lot of reasons, one of which is, and, uh, you know, I'll, let me uh, I, I kind of tell you a story. I... Uh, um, when I was in college, um, Dan O'Shannon, right, the the writer, um, TV writer, big producer. Um, I, I feel like an idiot if I'm getting his name wrong. Um, so he so he came and ch- talked to the class once because he had a, a Cleveland tie, and um, he's famous for he he came on and he was a writer on Bob Newhart and then Cheers and then Frasier and. Um, other things after that, but he, uh, really he had long, beautiful career, really good at what he does. And, um, and he, he told us a story. He's like, you know, when students used to come up to me like a long time ago and say, Hey, I want to be a writer. And he would be like, Hey, send me some of your work. And they would send him his work, their work, and he would give them feedback. And, and he realized he had to stop doing that, not just because of the time and the commitment, but really it was, um, like for him, it was realizing, there is this element of like, I, like I'm not smart enough to tell you whether or not you can make it. <laughs> yeah. And there's a humility that he got as he went along of like, even if I don't like your stuff, you still can make it. And if I tell you your stuff is fantastic, there's still a good chance that you're not going to make it. Cause there is this, you can call it luck or mysterious, you know, element yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, there's things like that. And so when, when, there's somebody young who's like, Hey, I want to be a filmmaker. It's like fantastic. And we kind of, t- I talk and kind of ask them why and stuff and try to be encouraging. Um, and you know, and as far as new, new ventures, it's like, um, it, it's such a hard thing because there's two, there's two sides to this that I've seen them both. Um, one is the, the person who is like, I know in my heart that I'm an artist <laughs> and, and nobody around them is 
confirming that, right? Mm. And so it's like there is this thing of, and I'm not trying to be discouraging if you're that person, like, like, but, but there is this, uh, there is this thing of like, you know, um, maybe you're not supposed to, maybe you're not supposed to be a painter who makes paintings and sells them, and the community and the society pays your rent from those paintings. Like maybe that's not what it is. Um, and I'm not saying that, but it's like, you know, versus on the other side, it's like, like, no, no, I, I, I really like, like you need to keep going and not just cause I like your work, but the Lord is doing something amazing in what your painting is. And one of the things I guess, I, I, you know, um, it's like, if, cause if you're, cause you have to have a certain amount of stubbornness to start something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you don't start a business if you're going to stop. And it is that hard check of like, is this the, cause it's kind of got this long-term commitment. I think of marriage actually, um, where it's like the, the thing that makes marriage work to me, you know, we, my wife and I've been married for 13, oh, oh, 12 and a half years. And, um, and we're still figuring it out. Um, it gets better. It's just like every year it's like, okay, new, new problems, but man, is it, is it better than it was 10 years ago? <laughs> um, and the thing for me that's like the, the, the place to start, um, you know, is, is like, is, is sort of is, well, it's a Christ and it's B it's like having him in our, having Christ in our marriage, but it's also, it's like what commitment means. Like early on, had we not been married and had, had the vow of marriage and, and both took that so seriously. Like, I don't know that our marriage would have survived those first couple of years because they were really hard. Mm. Um, and I, and I don't, I think it might be too far to say starting a business is like marriage, but, but, but as a metaphor, right. As a, as, as a metaphor, let's say. Let's no, it's, it's a good parallel, I think. And it's like you kind of have to, you have to know in your bones yeah. that what, the, what you're doing is, is the direction you need to be doing. And, and it's okay not to know everything, right? Like there's a, fam- a great business, a really influential business book several years ago, Good to Great, and it talked about the bus analogy, right? It's like right. you want to you get, you want to get, you don't want, you don't want, you want to get the right people on the bus. You want, then you get the right people in the right seat. And then you'll figure out where the bus is going. Right. And, and it's kind of like that where it's like, cause you know, especially as technology and, and the times change, it's like, you want to be, you, you know, how do you create a company that is going to be perfect for the thing the world needs 10 years from now? I mean, good luck. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, and if you, if you got that, let me know. Um, yeah, but, but it is hard. And so it's like, it's those two. And I, and I, I say those two kind of extreme examples of like, no, no, you got to know in your bones and not stop for anything. But also the sort of a silliness of my example of like, I want to be a painter, you know, and it's like, there's nothing wrong with painting. I love painting. I love, you know, I studied art history. I really love it. And I think there's a lot of value in it. Um, but, but as far as under, as far as like transcending to a point where the, you're asking the community to pay your rent, like, like you, there is a different, there's a different, there's a different level of reality and commitment there. Um, and that's not meant to be discouraging. It is meant to be like, I think as people who are trying to find our path, right. And as a young person trying to find their path, they, they need to be aware of both questions. And I really think, and both ditches and it's like the, the, the way is narrow. Right. And so it's like constantly checking in with the Lord and offering what he's put on your heart, offering it back on the altar. And if he puts it back in your hand, it won't burn. If you touch it, if you put it on the altar and then you grab it, like it's going to burn you. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, if yeah. you, if you, if you do this out of your own effort, it's going to hurt. Mm. Like if he initiates it, he's going to permeate it. You know, yeah. um, I heard somebody say once, it's like, what he, what he initiates, he permeates what you initiate, you have to sustain. 
And I think that's my, that's my warning. It's not a, it's not meant to be discouraging, but it's like, you know, and I really felt like, um, you know, I was stubborn. So I, I, I really think that I, I put it on the altar and, um, um, and like God gave me the, the, the grace and the ignorance to just keep going. This is a test of the emergency bossa nova system. Due to the fact that the classic emergency signal no longer alerts Americans to a place of arrest and panic, we have updated our alert to something more fear-inducing, the emergency bossa nova system. This is only a test. has been a test of the emergency bossa nova system. Had this been an actual emergency, the sound you just heard would have been followed by cheesy dancing and emergency instructions. We trust this will no longer be necessary. well-meaning people who want to do this, but sometimes they're just meant to do it on a part-time basis. And there's no shame in that, by the way. Uh, and, and people can derive a lot of joy and still bring a lot of glory to the Lord that way. But, you, you know, you find out sometimes they're like, yeah, I want to do it. And then the fun part after they get the domain name and the website <laughs> design, and after now we've got to actually start paying bills you know, that's, that's when you start to realize who really is in this. And I mean, you guys, how long have you been around now with your own business? Has it been about 12 years, 11, 12, 13 years? Yeah. I date the business, uh, January of 2008, which was when I made the, so I, I had started my first company in the early 2000s, but it it didn't work. So we don't, we don't talk about that. Um, (laughs) We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Um, No, but seriously, I, uh, so I had been doing freelance and I had been doing um, like whatever I can, right? Um, There's an old, there's an old joke. It's like, 
we focus on a very specific kind of business, whatever walks in the door. Um, <laughs> you know, which I, I think if you're serious, you're going to, that's where you're going to start, you know. I like that. Um, <laughs> very focused, very focused. Um, that was how I would take speaking engagements, you know. It was yes. like, hey, they called. Well, there's a famous, actually, there's, I think it's out of a, uh, uh, one of the Gladwell books, but there's a famous example of that, that, I, that I pulled that joke from, um, which is the um, uh, middle middle 20th century uh, Jewish lawyers were unable to get jobs at big firms, mm. um, and because uh, they were dominated by kind of white uh, WASP, uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant um, uh, culture, and um, and that was what they hired. And you know, in the 50s and 60s, 70s, that's that's what they hired. And there was this thing where um, because of the war and everything, like these a lot of these. Uh, kids had grown up in 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 the public schools with teachers that should have been teaching at college. So they had this amazing education, right? Um, and and even in the even in the community college and like lower level colleges they were at, they were they were getting a much better education than we would normally think of just because of history, right? Mm. And so they they as they came up, they couldn't get jobs, and so they started their own firms doing this sort of specialized whatever walks in the door kind of business. And over the next twenty years, they got really good at a. Um, um, what is it called where you, as lawyers you, you like you get really good at like taking uh, businesses and like ripping them apart and selling them you know it's, oh, yeah. it's like the you know, and it's not a very favorite but, but like that became and that was a very like oh we don't do that you know with the bigger firms at that time um, and so you fast forward 20 years into the early 80s and um all of a sudden, that became a really big thing, and the really like the reality of the profitability of that, and how assets can be created, and also saying I'm not making a statement that this is like the best business practice at all, not at all. Um, but but what happened was that these small firms that nobody wanted, like that were run by people that nobody wanted to do anything with, had spent the last 20 years getting good at something, um, you know. And so there is this, and all this, and they became very powerful firms after that. And and there's a lesson to be learned about that in that. If you and, and I, I apologize for the rough example, uh, I, I pull from all sorts of history, um, <laughs> but but realistically, it's like if you're you know um, able to find something that really is intriguing, and, and I guess for me it was like um, you know able to continue to push and continue to network and just get to know and try to find solutions, right? It's like getting to know people and like, wow, I could we could do this way, and what does that look like? And I was like, well, this is really. This is really annoying to make a film this way with for this little money. And what if we did this? And it's like we created models, like production models, mm. that leveraged our time and gave us creative control, so that le- the client who was not spending a ton of money on these early projects, right, was was having creative input at certain spots. But we had, but we were having less waste from client in these new product production models that we were developing. Um, and it's you know, it's like art being driven by commerce. But but you know. Um, I, I might have gotten off track. I, I do that. Um, <laughs> it's all right. But uh, yeah, there you go. That's good. Um, what would you, uh, this, this could be our last question. What, um, is there something you still want to really do as a filmmaker that you haven't done yet? Oh, so much. Um, so much. I, I, um, <laughs> you know, I, I really, I don't feel, I don't feel like I've arrived in any way, shape or form. Um, uh, you know, I, I, it's funny. I, I don't, um, I don't get a lot of joy out of like, out of having a name or, um, I was so happy when we rebranded and the, the, the company was no longer my name because the company just grew out of my freelance career. Um, and then we eventually, you know, we ch- kind of changed it, um, in a, in a way that was more representative of work we did. But, um, but I, um, as far as, as far as things like aspiring to do, it's like, 
I want to tell, I, I want to continue to get better at telling stories that are just authentic and really beautiful and really powerful and, and challenges. Like, I think that there's some power in disruption. Um, when I look at art history, which I had the joy of studying under a wonderful professor, um, and I look at, you know, listen to stories about artists in, in time and place and realizing kind of the, the strangeness of this. And like, as an, as a Christian, I look at like the Bible and you look at the prophets or something and it's like, wow, these are, you know, these sort of, like, I look at some of the prophets and I look at some of the strange street performances of the seventies and stuff. And I'm like, they're doing a really similar thing, like from a different place. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Sure. Um, and, and I don't, I don't really, I don't feel called to be a strange street artist who's paint, you know, you know, it's like dousing myself with paint and yeah, like pouring know. chocolate over yourself or something. Right. <laughs> like, like you know, I mean, that's not what I'm called to do. Um, you know, but but for me, I think it is a matter of not being provocative, but I, I mm. do want to um, continue to find better questions in my um, in in my growth with the Lord, and I want to find better questions in um, the the how I'm relating to the content and the, the characters in our, in our, in our stories, especially when they're documentary, um, that we really can kind of, kind of learning that I am, you know, relearning how to listen. Um, so much of what I've learned in, um, different disciplines is about seeing. And, um, you know, if you want to be a photographer, before you, you really start with the camera and the technical, it's like, can you see? You know, and can you can you see not just the the image, but like the story, and see the elements? Can you see the beauty of it? Because if you can't see it, you can't capture it. And mm. if you and I, I really like for me, I think um, as far as aspirations is like I just want to continue to see more beautiful things in in people and be able to, you know, be able to capture that and share that. Um, and hopefully do that in a way that really disrupts in a really good way um, that, that really afflicts the audience to check themselves and be like, whoa, that's gorgeous. And I want to look at everything in my life differently. And I, and I, I think that's like super idealistic. So I don't know like how measurable that goal is. Um, but it, it like, you know, I don't really care if they know who my, like my name or any awards or anything like that. Like that doesn't mean anything to me, honestly. Um, I like, I just want to see, I want to see, honestly, I want to see an audience afflicted. And I think that's been my most like proud moments as a filmmaker have been these moments that have really um, changed. Can I, I'll share one example. Uh, we did this film and it was, a, it was a funny, it was, it was a corporate film, right? Like this film that was designed, it was going to screen once for an audience of 50 people at a dinner. Hmm. Um, and this was years ago. And I'd been working with this client for a couple of years and they, uh, they, uh, they were in a spot and it was like, they, um, they got together these 50 people. Now the 50 people happened to, they, they represented, they were the CEOs and stuff from b- very big companies, uh, very, very, very large companies. The, 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 the uh, political power in this room were, were very high, mm. um, even though the audience count was low. And we made this 12 minute film that, that did a lot of things very carefully. Um, and we were very intentional about how we crafted it and stuff. And, and I really believe that in the process of that showing, that that the vision of what reality could look like for for the people in that room shifted, and I believe that some people um, realized what was in them the whole time, and to hear it spoke about in a positive way was like it almost like allowed them to start walking into this reality that they were destined for, 
And to watch that sort of those change come off of this, like all of the weird politics that people get in when you're at that level and everybody's trying to vie for position and stuff. It's like all of that fall away and to like watch them start to, to march in unison. It was amazing. And it's one of my proudest things. And it's, you know, and I tell it in an abstract sense because I'll never take credit for it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, it's just like for me, it was a personal moment to see a piece of film, a film that we made impact the way he like people these 50 humans in this room could even envision the next 10 years hmm. and like it's one of the proudest things ever and um and it's like for me i want to kind of uh, and and how do i find the next projects like prayer and like hmm. listening you know um it's like i just want to ask better questions of myself of my relationship with the lord and uh of the of my of the films the films that we make and the relationship they have with the with the world that's good Travis, thanks so much for your time. Matt, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This is super cool. Well, it was very cool having Travis uh, on the podcast. Uh, I do hope you enjoyed this two-part interview. Uh, trust it brought some needed inspiration your way. We thank you for being a part of the Mattcast. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. We hope to see you again soon. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. If you'd like more information about our books and resources, go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time. <laughs>